party to biscuits and groovy. I'm Tyler. Yep. And I'm Alex. Yeah, and this week we're coming to you from a new location. Yeah, we've, we've, we've moved. We've moved locations. We're moving up in the world. I don't know about. I don't know if I'd see down that. in elevation. No, probably overall up in elevation. Yeah, definitely. We're guess. up on the mountains now. Um, we're in a bigger room, bigger vicinity. There's a ping pong table. There's ping pong uh, balls all over. Okay, the place. I gotta say this. I gotta tell you this. Tell me. During this week, I was doing some work for my other, my job. Okay. We were talking about statistics, and I read this article for a class. Um, that talked about how you can predict somebody. Somebody was claiming you could predict the health of a tech industry, tech company, by their the purchasing of ping pong tables of that company. So, like for example, if you were to look at Twitter's uh, financing budget okay. for their budget, they have a bunch of ping pong tables. They have the, yeah, they, they they buy ping pong tables at a certain rate. You know, they they buy a whole bunch for their for their facilities. Okay, and they they'll break over time. And as they grow, they'll buy more, things like that. So how many ping pong tables does the te- this tech house have? And, and basically, this person was claiming if you notice a big drop-off in their sales, like if they stop buying ping pong tables for like a couple months, watch it, they're, they're about, their stock's about to drop. Interesting. And how, so how, how, could we, how could we utilize that to us investing? Well, they were talking about, the, 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 in the class, we were talking about how it's, it's an irresponsible use of statistics, so I probably don't want to. But, what if but you could. What if it's the most brilliant? Yeah. You could try. Just letting you know. Interesting. Ping pong tables and tech companies are inherently so tied Derek, together. So Derek just started his LLC. Should we just buy a shitload of ping pong tables and just pack them in and the corner? As long as you advertise that you bought them, you, people, some people might think, oh, they must be doing very well for themselves. But then, yeah, but then our company also has to be publicly traded, right? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of other things. When you guys eventually get on the market... Buy ping pong tables. And first then, thing. And then let everybody know... We just bought a bunch of ping pong tables for our employees. Yeah, uh, like make sure that okay. when the ping- tables get delivered, it's like busiest part of the day. Make sure that delivery drivers are wearing orange vests. Yeah, yeah. All sorts of things. I was like, wow, call the press. What are they buying? Call the press. Have a press conference, but then kind of have it short, and and then make yeah. sure you go. Yeah, we got our guys, you know, loading up our new equipment, and they're like, so what are you loading up? Ping, ping pong, pong tables. tables. We just bought a bunch of ping pong tables. We just bought ten thousand ping pong tables. Yeah, yeah. You're like, wow, interesting. I'll let the, they're actually doing well for themselves. I'll be calling Washington later. <laughs> And just watch your watch the money roll in. Yeah, huh? Then New okay. York, New York's just gonna the Nasdaq yeah. is gonna blow up. Yep. Stonks, stonks, baby. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of stonks, <laughs> um, maybe speaking of storks. I don't know. I couldn't tie that in. Yeah, stonks. So I was gonna say Conk, the album from the Kooks, who are British. Who same same album? Or who same are also British, which is the band we're covering this week. The, the Clash. Clash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good tie. I mean, it worked enough. Yeah. The clash, so yeah, let's let's groove right in. You know, a consistent <laughs> English band, uh, late seventies into the eighties. This is a this is to me a very interesting. How about let's let's play the first song okay. and, then, and then I'll. But I, I'm then, not gonna let you get off the hook with that. It's yeah, very yeah. interesting. You better finish the yeah, sentence. Very afterwards. interesting, and then I'll just continue right after the okay. sentence. Uh, first song is "Gun on the Roof." Your pick. Second album, nineteen seventy eight, which is crazy to me. But let's let's continue. Tell the whole truth And nothing but 
Good transition too. Um, okay, so vibes of the seventies. Wait, you, you didn't get a, okay, it's wait, very wait. interesting. Uh, it's very interesting to me that this is a late seventies to the eighties band. Yeah, because it, it, it does not fit that that lens. No, in my mind. and I feel like that's almost like the awkward transitional period between the seventies and the eighties. Because sure. from like seventy five on, you get into this weird. So I looked up the. Most the top 100 hits of 1978. Okay, and I mean, dude, you wouldn't know any of them. Night Fever by the Bee Gees. Okay, Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Okay, um, Shadow Dancing by Andy Gibb. I mean, I don't yeah, know. I I remember thinking that you my know? mom my mom listened to a lot of late 70s stuff. I'm trying to think where she was born. 70. Well, w- three. But see, that's early. What would that make her? Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, and. And so, like, yeah, she listened to a lot of the, like, late 70s, early 80s stuff. And it's, like, so many of these, like, one-hit wonder pop yeah. people or disco people. Yeah, disco was – disco was – and how does that fit? I feel like – it's funny to me because disco is also, like, very associated with the 60s and 70s. Yeah, but when you talk weird. about popular music in the 60s and 70s, disco is just is not – it's, like, the, disco was, like, the underground. In some ways, kind of. Yeah. I, so, but there's no disco. And then another funny one is... Well, like is, the Bee Gees is a disco in some ways. Yes, a lot of ways. Um, Paul McCartney was in Wings at that point. Okay. And so you're, you're seeing a lot of Wings songs. Sure. Uh, Lay Down Sally by Eric Clapton okay. is in there. And then so um, Some Girls by Rolling Stones came out. So that's going to be like Miss You. Um, you know, songs like that, right? Um, whatever. Okay. I, I'm trying to think of the other songs from Some, uh, some, uh, some Girls. Anyway. But then also, I mean, shout out to Short People by Randy Newman. Okay. Love that oh, song. That's, 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 that's in the 78? That's, that's 1978, baby. Okay. We so don't yeah, like no short people. It's so weird. They have no reason to live. That's what Randy, that Randy has taught me. That if you're. Remember when we meet a short person? Okay, funny story. Like, so Hold tell on. me why, funny why story. you haven't killed yourself. <laughs> funny story. Okay, I'm not even kidding you. So I was dating this girl and she had a kid, um, Michaela. Shout out to Michaela, her little girl, Mila. We were down in St. George. And we were hanging out in the backyard, and it was a at nice day. And, yeah, at my parents' okay. house, and we were swimming. It was just a fun little time. And my dad, because the little girl was hanging out, he had turned on the Dis- like a Disney playlist. And that I'm not person? even shitting you. Randy Newman's Short People came on okay. from the playlist, okay. and he's like, just and I was like, what is this? Why? I mean, Randy Newman did the sure. songs for Toy Story. Uh, yeah, Toy Story, and I think he did um, Bugs Life too. 
Probably, yeah. But anyway, um, it's funny because they put that in there, and my dad's like, "It's just to keep the kids humble. You got to make sure they, you know, <laughs> got They're short people. They got to, they got to understand." No, <laughs> but it was dude, dude. Yeah, that Disney, 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 and then Randy Newman's short people. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. That's very funny. But anyway, yeah. So seventy-eight so clash, it's a big, does it big fit? smattering of of like yeah, weird, weird but, stuff, but and not the, the clash, clash in here nowhere. Yeah, uh, but I mean, uh, you talk about like a a band that everybody knows songs from okay is the clash i uh, you could play should i stay or should i go yeah i said there's there's like two two or three we're songs play, we're gonna play every single game. person knows sorry <laughs> but yes go every everybody well, every like, they're, they're like yeah i would say should i stay or should i go is at least one there's at least the hook you know what i mean and everyone knows when it comes into it if, if this isn't a song they might not know what's, yeah i mean hell it was in a rugrats movie right yeah shoot like everybody knows that part and then i would say london calling everybody yeah. at least knows that the the first part London call just that much even right. just two words yep um and then totally I don't know and we'll see what else we do but um I have a question that I I feel like it's the right time to ask this um and I don't know if I've asked you this before take any decade take your opinion of what popular music was in that decade okay I want you to kind of think about that maybe from like the fifties on maybe sixties on if 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 you're feel more comfortable going from there okay what two consecutive decades have the biggest disparity between the two? Like, which, where would, where did music change most of the 50s, 60s, 60s, 70s, for all the way up until now, whatever? I would say the 80s and 90s have the biggest, like, biggest con- difference? conflicting. Okay. Because you have 80s of this kind of bullshit, what people would still call classic rock, which is not classic rock at all. Right. As well as this weird kind of almost developing into like the hip hop scene. It's okay. Like the yeah. Late 80s, you know what I'm saying? Um, but as well as even stuff like this, sure. To where it's like this: is it rock? Is it not rock? Um, what music is become? It, it the early '80s just was just weird. Yeah, tons and of weird stuff. Super and it's, weird. It's, it's very like frivolous. I mean, there's there's tons of music that's just very much like cocaine music. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then the '90s is the exact opposite. It's like right. You, well, at the '90s you have like the pop scene coming out. You have like Madonna. Yeah. Then you got the like grunge. the boy bands are starting to come out, but then you got the side of grunge. Then you have and this, also like, hip hop is coming in too a little bit. There's big, oh yeah, and it's big hip hop. Oh yeah, but I mean, so and even that, even like big hip hip hop, I'm seeing like late '90s, like 2000, early sure. 2000s oh, yeah. too. Um, but I feel like I don't know. It's hard to say. Like the R&B kind of music as well, kind of developed into that hip hop. Yeah, totally. The '80s, like late '80s into the '90s of R&B kind of shit. Yeah. I don't know. 80s and 90s, so so just like this conglomerate of the man had figured out that this is monetizable. Yeah, every, and everything can sell everything, if you sell enough. Like, of it. let's try to sell everything. Yeah, somebody will buy it. Yes, I feel that. So, yeah. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, so it's 78, and now we're jumping to 79, and London Calling, and so like you were saying, this is probably a band that every or a band. This is a song that everybody's heard before, or right. they should. At least, I mean, I feel like everybody you hear those first few notes. Everybody knows they've heard it before. They might not know who it is. But they and you know, they might not know what the song's called, but they've always boom, boom, boom. The Clash were cool to me for the the I would say a, probably the birth of punk music. Yeah. This is definitely the birth of punk music. Everything of like the That's funny, I'm sure they'd say the opposite. I'm sure they'd say, Oh yeah, there's lots of punk bands before us. I don't know yeah. how, how that works out. But but I would say they're one of the first successful punk bands, as far as I'm uh-huh. aware of. Like kind of like the motorcycle, leather kind of wearing 
boys, slick boys. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. so like this is, how about let's put it this way. One of the number, let's see, what number is it? Because I was like, oh, wow, shit. Um, number 13 of the top 100 hits of 1978. Okay. You're the one I want with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. It's from Greece. The song okay, from yeah, Greece. Okay, okay so that's the, you're looking at the Greaser boys. And that's, that's the, like the, the commercialized version of that. Sure. But yeah, but these guys are more like, the, yeah. the, 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 you know, carrying the, the fucking. real life version. What am I trying to, the, the switchblades. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that. The and greasers. Yeah, uh-huh, the greaser boys. Sure. Um, so yeah. London Calling. So let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's go ahead and play this song and then we'll mm-hmm. go from there. Super cool. 
Um, my immediate, I feel like I hear this song and I think of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Okay. And I, Why? I don't, I don't know. I like the, the concept I, or the book or the movie. The, I mean the, I guess the book, um, maybe the concept. I, I the, I feel like the spooky kind of, it's almost spook. The song's yeah, almost spook factor. And I feel like that's the, the London oh, calling. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. I was there too, and then some of it was true. Okay. You know, like I feel like I get this weird Dr. Jekyll. I feel like this weird storytelling okay. style of London Calling, as well as it's really cool. I feel because it this this band I feel like implement, implements everything really good about the seventies okay. of when it comes to just really good pocket drummer cool. of a totally. really nice good feels straightforward. He understands his job. You still totally. have that kind of influence of a really really good rhythm section but you still yeah. have this like different style because i mean what other bands do you know about among this era that sing in such a heavy accent like that sure you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and i feel like it's it's different and that mm-hmm. really ties into the punk side of later okay to where kind of this branches into so i think sure. it's, it's it's this cool it's awesome for the same reason why a lot of the songs from the 70s I love that are awesome. But it's also really different because it's this bullshit, like no bullshit. Yeah, I would say it's, it's, very, it's very simple. There's, it's very, there's a lot of humility about it. Yeah. Nothing about it is really showy. Uh-huh. It's, it definitely, you know, they're, they're more about the lyrics than the, than the notes they're playing, I would say. Okay, yeah, I would agree. Um, and... And they like there's yeah they're not they're not tr- none of them are like oh I didn't get my moment to play my cool drum fill or my sweet bass line it's like no right you're here to serve the song because you're if you if you can write great songs that allow people to have a good experience listening to them especially live then you've done your job right. that's your your job is to create music that allows people to escape life for a little bit um, here's a fun fact for you okay give it to me um, 2006. A man, an Englishman, a man in, in uh, London was arrested for singing this song in a taxi cab. So the guy was on the way to the airport and uh, he was like, I guess the taxi had like a aux cord. He was playing, you know, plugging a bunch of songs, he was playing them and played it, plugged, plugged this song in and was singing along to it. His taxi driver was like, that seems kind of terroristy, kind of anti-British. Anti-British. That's what he said. Yeah, because I guess there's like songs about like the war. Now war is declared. The battle come down. The meltdown is coming. Things like that. Oh yeah. Okay. And um, and he called the police and was like, I think this guy might be a terrorist. Really? I had to go bomb a plane because he was jamming to London Calling. Yeah. And uh, they pulled the guy off the plane and questioned him like like MI6, I would guess so some along those lines. And I was like, Yeah, I guess the guy just didn't like the Clash. <laughs> Well, this is it's it's an interesting. Okay, so let's say the what let's let's do the generation kind of addition here, the mathematics okay. behind it, because World War Two ended, um, nineteen forty nine. Is that what it was? Am I missing? Here we go. I I don't think it was that late, but it was either oh, forty five. It ended forty five. Yeah, nineteen forty five. Is that your final guess? Yeah, that's my final. That's my final. I yeah. I'm, yeah I don't know why I said forty nine. Nineteen forty five. Yeah. Um, and let's find out when Joe Strummer was was born. Yeah, I guess we should might as well right. introduce so, the band as well. Joe Strummer, Paul Simonin, and Paul Simon. Yeah, Paul Simonin. And there's one other dude too. Those are two other guys. Two other guys. There's, it's a four piece. Okay. 
You look that up. I'm going to say my thought. Okay. Um, he was born in 52, though, just so you know. So, right. So I would assume the they would be. And so, because I feel like this is not as well of tied to, this is still among the, like, what am I trying to say? The feel-good vibes the of post-war. Everybody's feeling really good. Okay. Everybody's like, we were, we'd done, been there, done that. That was horrible. Do not touch that ever again. We're doing good now. Um, but they were born after the fact. It was like yeah. the returning, the returning guys came back and yeah, their parents and, were definitely yeah, were, vets were, or, or surrounded by vets. Uh huh. Absolutely. And so I would assume that whatever influence they had of anti-war people, an anti kind of that sentiment yeah. was was growing up with them because of their parents. Yeah, I can and, imagine. And maybe the counterculture yeah. of of the 60s into this kind of propelled them into having this also wrap around from what their parents believed, but also the counterculture. Yeah, this is counterculture music. Okay, yeah, I, mean, I agree. So it's almost like counter counterculture in some ways too, though. Because imagine you're born in 52, growing up with parents that are really affected by the war. Joe Strummer's born in Turkey, actually. So... Um, especially that, like that part of Europe was really ravaged. So, um, parents are, are affected by that to a really high degree. Then you, you're in your developmental years when you're like eight and up through your teenage years is the sixties. So you're surrounded by counterculture music. Yeah. Uh, you know, make especially love, not war. Too, I say, yeah. Especially that English kind of scene. Yeah, for sure. And, and so I'll bet you see that as well. And you're like, okay, all this stuff's happening, but nothing's getting fixed. You know, all these people are saying, and we need to stop making war, but yet the Cold War is still going on. Yeah, and you're also, and there's all these opinions as well. Yeah. And and the same opinions that their parents have. Yeah. Of like, stop this bullshit. Yeah. Right? But they got their, they don't, it's almost like a naive version of Mm -hmm. that. And I think, I think them, they're saying, like, yeah, we're, we're against all that. It's like, we're just calling out all this stupidness. Hmm. Um, Yeah. And I think as we, get in, more into their discography. We'll see they're more upfront about it. Um, and, and also being in the music industry as, as they kind of wade through those waters, seeing, becoming, becoming disillusioned with the music industry. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure yeah. as they become more commercialable, commercializable, they're like, Oh, this sucks. Like, you know, we, we had so much freedom in our first albums. And as we, as soon as we sign record deals and things like that, suddenly somebody else has yeah, their the hands corruption the of the eighties. Exactly. For sure. Took over. Oh Yeah. And so, like, you know, that should be thought of when we're thinking about these, especially later albums. Because this is 79, right? That This album, uh, this London uh, Calling. This, yeah. This was, so, yeah. So then, as a, you know, and then the following next this. And then jump into 1980. Yeah. So starting in this, we're in the 80s. And it's like you can kind of see that they're now have enough experience in music culture that they're thinking about that as well as politics. Right. And, and in some ways, mixing them together. Yeah, dude. I, this is, it's a fascinating thought process when you try to like when you really try to place these guys where you think they sound Mm -hmm. and maybe if these dudes were born 10 years earlier it would have been a different story with the band the clash you know but it's not and it and so here they are doing their thing that they're doing and Mm -hmm. let's just keep jamming out to them yeah what we got next? This is yours now. No, no, no. We keep we got you one more. We got Washington Bullets is next. Really? Yes, sir. I thought I, I got the first three in a row. Yes. Yeah. We. Yeah. You do. I was wrong earlier. Okay. Because yeah, you got um, 
you had the first one from Give Give Him Enough Rope. Yeah. From nineteen seventy eight. And you had London Calling from London Calling, nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. And then Sandinistas, uh-huh. which and is a massive album. It's huge. a triple, triple LP. Yeah, is it? Uh, two hours and twenty-four yeah. minutes. And we'll and get into why it's that long. Twenty-four minutes, and there's no like this is not like a remastered shit, and there's yeah, a bunch extras. of other songs. And, that and also, there's no like straight. fillers either. There's not, it's not like there's some some crazy half-hour piece of them just talking. You know, like that would be like a uh, publicity stunt. I feel like no, it's how many songs? It's like fifty something songs. And well, this goes to show, just like. Let's see, what is it? 36 songs. It's 36 songs. Okay. It's crazy. Can you yeah. imagine dropping an album with 36 songs? Being we'll like, we'll get into why it's that way. We'll get into why they, okay, they cool. did that. Let's do it for sure. So Washington Bullets, and I think we're like halfway down through it, if that. I'm trying to find it here. Um, I bet we're, yeah, I bet we're like six, 15, 16 down. Um, placement, can you imagine trying to, yeah, please. Trying to order thirty six. Maybe they just yeah. like just just throw them shuffle together. them. Yeah, they just put them on a bunch of cards and said, "Okay, here's the first song." You know, I know maybe they did that. Yeah, that sounds did. very the clash to me. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's do Washington Bullets. Mm-hmm. Oh, mama, mama, look there! You should not playing in the street again. Don't you know what happened down there? A youth of fourteen got shot down there. The cocaine guns jammed downtown. Killing clowns of blood money men Shooting for Washington bullets again As every cell in Chile will tell The cries of the tortured men Remember a day and the days before Before the army came Please remember Victor Harbour In the Santiago Stadium
Very different flavor. Ooh, de- very different flavor. Uh, big re- uh, reggae flavor. I feel yeah. like there's a lot of good re- reggae in there. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that speaks to what we talked about probably a year ago at this point, more even maybe, um, with the Bob Marley episode of how reggae music, like in reggae culture, is not called reggae. They call it world music. Or like There's another name for it. I can't remember what it is now. But it's like their most, most reggae artists opinion is that it's not really their music it's the world's music and it's music of the people yep and i think punk artists punk bands have a very similar sentiment i would think so yeah where like they, they share this idea of like liberation you know reggae music is music of liberation um and and so in some ways punk is as well it's the white man's reggae i would say punk is the right man white man's reggae in maybe that's ways. what we should change our podcast name to <laughs> White man's reggae or what? Did, what a what a statement, though. Punk is the white man's reggae. Yeah, I, I mean, I can dig it, dude. Like, I I really can't dig it because if I was getting a music degree, I'd, that might be my thesis, maybe. But no. that'd be sick. Can you imagine that being your master's thesis of of your music? If you could back it up enough, sure. Why not? Oh, dude, you could spill. You could. Yeah, you could find. I feel like shit. you could bullshit anything <laughs> you want to bullshit. Not to say that that's bullshit, but what what I mean is like. If you got the head on you straight, yeah. that you can you at can least you can you it's can be ble- convincing. Yeah, you can you can write 10, 15 pages on sure. why you think that. But no, that is that's an that's a cool thought. And what Sandinista is that what it's called? Yeah. So they were the uh, Spanish rebellion um, party. And uh, that's that's really it's it's a funny kind of connection to rebellious music as well as. The music uh-huh. that also was speaking to the people with this yeah. kind of stuff. Because I feel like it was definitely not, um, they were huge. Yeah, they, they, they were. They were, But they weren't huge for the yeah. same reason why Rage Against the Machine is huge. Right, and they're both rebellious music. Or like Eminem was huge. Because mm-hmm. Eminem was huge, and I think Eminem was huge. I think, I mean, it's hard, uh, it's a hard comparison. Let's, let's, let's use Rage Against the Machine. Um, very anti, you know, the anti the man. Yes, I agree. Political kind of driven music and this kind of stuff i don't know it's not super politically driven but it's also just like speaking truth it's very <sighs> honest not there's yeah, no bullshit it, yeah there's, it's more just straight up yeah Rage the machine takes takes punk ideas but they're still like a metal band or a yeah, pop yeah. band that has really weird they try to get the most hype as they can mm-hmm. yeah start um, a riot yeah for sure um, a little bit more violent, and not violent in the bad way. But I said the music itself is way more angry. Okay, this is not as angry. In this a is lot more of, sarcastic. Yeah, I'd say. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah, that's like the way to put it. It's just like yeah, like the world sucks. What are we gonna do about they're, it? Nothing. They're, sta- they're stating it out loud, but they also have like I would say London Calling is very sarcastic necessarily. It's it's but it's definitely there's there's a lot of truth to okay. this. Cool, and it's not angry about it. Okay, like in the way that Rage Against the Machine might be like more. You might associate that more with like an emotion of intensity sure. where this isn't so yeah. intense. I mean, the, 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 I won't do what you tell me. Yeah. 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 It's not so intense. Yeah. It's more just like sh- telling it how it is and yeah. either agree or disagree, agree to disagree or, you know, yeah. disagree. But I don't know. Well, let's keep, should we keep going? Yeah. Well, I'm yeah, so I got all my picks out now. So now, uh, yeah, now we just cruise your- on. So we got, um, yeah, the next song what is probably the most Known. I was so angry. And what year is this? Uh, 1982. Okay. So, The Clash Combat Rock. 
And I, it, is this maybe, the album or this is that's the, song? the that's the album. Okay. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's some cool stuff. So let's do it. So, so should I stay or should I, should I go? Who knows? That's what I mean. <laughs> To let me know Should I stay or should I go If you say that you are mine I'll be here till the end of time So you got to let me know Should I stay or should I go It's always taste, taste, taste you're happy when I'm on my knees One day is fine, the next is black So if you want me off your back Well come on and let me know Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? Decisions bugger me. If you don't want me, set me free. Exactly who I'm supposed to be. Don't you know which clothes even fit me? Come on and let me know. Should I cool it or should I blow? It's a, they, they say it as a question multiple times through the song. Should I stay or should I go? It's yeah. the name of the song. That's, yeah. But they answer their, their own question pretty, I would say, resoundingly when they say, if I go, there will be trouble. But if I stay, there will be double. Yeah. It's like, duh, just go then, dog. Like, why, why if you can have either trouble or double trouble, isn't just this, go. Isn't this the eternal, because <laughs> he's obviously asking this question to a woman. Right? Or is he? I think he 100% okay. is. If he's saying, if 
I go, there will be trouble. And if I stay, there will be double. He is absolutely 100% speaking to a woman. But we've talked many times about how some of the best songs mask other meanings for either women, drugs, any any other thing that's really universal. So here, just, just off the top of my head, as I was listening, I was like, you know, in modern day America... I hear people every four years say, well, if this person gets in the White House, yeah. I'm going to move to Canada. And, they, and, they, should, and they're like, do. well, should I stay or should I? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, should I stay it's like, well, if I, if I go, there's going to be trouble because, you know, then I got to reuproot my whole life. Uh, I got to maybe learn a new language, you know, depending on what, how far I want to move away. But if I stay, there's going to be double. Like, that's kind of like their over-exaggeration. That's, that's my, this is my total yeah, yeah. highfalutin uh Let's think of it this way. There's two ways for us to take that statement. Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go? As in, should I stay here or should I go with you? Or should I stay or should I leave this place because of what this place is doing to me? So, like, so, so talking about the woman, it's like maybe she's walking away. Yes, she, or maybe she wants you to come with her, and you're like, should I stay here okay. and avoid that, or should I go with her? Or she wants me to stay here, and should I go? Okay, she's away like, away from. She's her. like, please stay. I and need I, you. Should I like, stay I or should I go? Yeah, okay, valid. But but at the same time, he wouldn't be asking that question to her if. Maybe that's if he himself. wanted that's to leave, her. maybe he's saying it to himself. Maybe it's more yeah, like you know, she's like she's. Basically, let's say it this way: if she's a tr- if she's a trouble, she's a, she's a woman. If, that's I, yeah, bring if, I, a lot if of I stay, there will be trouble. If I, if I go, there will be double. But at the same time, too, if he, he him understanding that if he leaves, there's going to be double no, trouble. If he stays, it's it's double. If I stay, there will be trouble. No, if I leave, there will be trouble. If I leave, there will be trouble. If I stay, there will be double. That's, oh, that's, that's, is that's that what he says? Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's, so it's, I, I feel like, I feel like what is happening if if we're talking about a woman, where's he at? Let's bring him in. Is his, is his phone number Joe, on the internet? Is he, is, I think he's dead. Sadly enough, <laughs> is he really? I think so. I think I think of the, um, oh my gosh, what's his the comedian, um, John Candy. No, Han- Hannibal Burris does it with um, Eric Andre. Eric Andre when he brought Seth Rogen on, and he said, "What's your what's your cell phone number?" When he's asking him questions for the interview, "What's your cell phone number?" He's like, "I'm not telling you." And then they actually put. Seth Rogen's real cell phone number on the screen. On the screen, <laughs> and that's—I mean—that's what I think of. Is where's he at? Let's find. Get is him. his cell phone number on the on in in the internet somewhere? Can we find Jamie, it? Can we get this? Can we get the yeah, cell phone number? Yeah, pull, pull up. Yeah, pull up his pull he up his cell phone number. Twenty years ago, apparently, two thousand two. He died. He died in two thousand two. Yeah. How old was he? He was born in fifty two. So fifty years. Two thousand two. Yeah, fifty years. He's fifty. 50. He's fifty. Oh, he's uh, two thousand two. Yes, yes. So he's fifty. Damn. Yep. Of what? It's got to be something. You're not just dying at 50. Okay, I wait. I wait to guess while I find it. Um, I'm gonna say complications of cancer, heart attack that occurred at his home in Broomfield caused by an undiagnosed congenital heart defect. Yeah. So, so cocaine. So. <laughs> 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 got to be the cocaine. It's got to be the cocaine. And um, by the way, I was wrong. You were right when you were like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! We're doing Washington bullets." Um, I thought I thought we were doing. Train in vain. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we got train in vain, and so we've played two songs actually in between the song that I should. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, so we're going back in time now. We're, we are going back in time. Um, what year is this one then? 
1979. So okay. we went from okay, well, 80 to For better or for worse, that's what you got. Sorry, guys. Wait, okay. <laughs> can I pull back every thing? Okay. This is the be- one of the best songs of all time. Okay. This is You're not going to give any I kind of... To, uh, no. No categories. No categories. Nothing square. Songs. If you want to talk about a good okay. written song. If you, uh, what is... what? Play me a good song. Uh, well, I don't know what the hell you think a good song is. This is the most ambiguous, okay. great song of all time. I'll tell you what, what my pick is for the, if somebody was telling me that after, after the song, I'll tell you what my first reaction, and I've had this, this has been my go-to for probably five, six years. Okay. Uh, after, after we listen to it, I'll tell you yeah. what my, my idea is like, hey, play me a good song. But let's let's play. No, this is first. this is by okay. far I the chord I totally progression. That, okay. Yeah. yeah this this is a this is a great one for All sure. Right, here we go. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I buy it. Hey, I mean, dude, you can't. Ambiguous is a good word for it. There's no point in that song that's like show-offy at all. It's no. just one stream of consciousness and and three chords, man. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's just gold. It's gold playing. The drummer kills yeah. it, bro. Oh, yeah. Kills it. it yeah, I mean, one note fills. But yeah. You want to stand by? Yeah. Stand by. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's crazy. And it, it's crazy awesome that that was yeah, produced cool. okay. on a level of people who just, I mean, they're just chilling. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of where I'm getting here to as well. It's a different world where it was becoming this. Okay. So the band, let's say, where, where's the first, where's the first 1977, the world, the man is just now understanding how monetizable yeah. this is. And, and maybe they've kind of gathered it already, but the real big, you know, Capitol Records and like yeah. LA's starting to play a big role. And, and so you have this tie of the mid to late seventies where bullshit starts happening. A lot of yeah. bullshit and a lot of non-music music starts developing. And so mm -hmm. you have stuff like this that comes out to where you have the, the people who are 10 years later from the original dudes you know what i'm saying like okay. not the original original dudes but like the guys that are putting the electric instruments on the yeah on, on the that. board yeah you know what i'm saying for sure and those and, and it's like who do you go to for electric guitar lessons when you're the first guy to do yeah. it and i mean that's the 60s right that's the late 60s for that and then for this it's like the 10 years after that mm -hmm. and so it's kind of already been done but it's it's different but it's also super simple they also get what's so awesome about that late 60s early 70s yeah and they're doing their kind of version of that yeah i feel that. i i i i really like i guess reflect on that it, it really resonates with me thinking about music that i like to play and i like to write it's i mean we've talked about that discussion tons of times of like Every cool riff was written in the 60s and 70s. Oh, yeah. You know, Zeppelin, Sabbath, and Cream wrote every wrote cool riff them. that, yeah, that yeah. ever could be written. Clapton, yeah. Jimmy, and... Tony Iommi. Like, yeah, Tony... All of them. Every riff that has ever been written has already been written. Every, yeah, it's all the good ones. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like, all you can really do is give your own reflection on that. And so, yeah, like, you know, pick one of those three schools in some way and say, yeah, like, if I like... Where do you fit? If I like Jimmy Page, I'm going to play Jimmy Page-style stuff. But with my own little spin on it, that's all I can do. Yeah, like, and 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 you do see the difference between that too, because I mean, Clapton obviously obviously played, and he's still playing, and so he's kind of had his journey, the journeyman through the '60s, '70s, and '80s to the '90s. Of course, even. oh yeah. Um, but you also see the influence that he had coming later, which is bizarre. And I, I can you imagine being him and think and seeing how bizarre this, if you hear the clash guitar player saying, yeah, I mean, my greatest influence is clapped and him going, what the yeah, hell? I, I don't, I didn't this influence is, this. This yeah. is nothing that I yeah. would ever even think, but that's what's so cool. And then Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy page talks about that. He's like, what's so fascinating about the six string instrument, the guitar, the six string. So he called it refers to it as yeah. is that everybody that you will ever meet has their own, interpretation of this yeah instrument. oh for sure and that's why and that's what's so damn cool about yeah. it too is is like you create it and it's your own special thing and it's this own individual i mean how crazy is that that six six strings, six strings can, that are tuned usually to 
five notes. The, the same five notes. Yeah, most the vast and, majority of, of guitar players and everybody is playing it differently. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's yeah. I mean, name me. And yet also this like, if you were like, if you were to bring in a thousand guitarists and tell them, okay, I want you to play C F G C, there might be a tiny bit of variation between how they how they play that. Right. You know what I mean. But if you told them to write a song. In the key of C, yeah, or the key of F, or the mm-hmm. key of G, yeah, there would there you'd see the same chords, but a few, be, quite a few of them, yeah, uh huh. But it would be like it'd the be way they so play you'd it, be like wow, the structure, yeah, mm-hmm. it'd be it'd be yeah. bonkers. Especially if you sat him down and said, "Write me a song in the key of C," there would be okay. Well, let's do something different, yeah. and yeah, and it comes from culture, comes from talent, mm-hmm. skill level, um, time of you know, how long you've been playing, yep. Who you listen to? Like, yeah, like you know, if you take somebody that never wasn't didn't grow up listening to Jimmy Page and said listen to freaking um, Joe Satriani, it's like okay, that's gonna be and or or uh, Carlos Santana, yeah, totally different style. But yeah, they probably would all be like, yeah, no, Muddy Waters is the shit. Yeah, and and they would be, <laughs> and that's and that's what's so damn cool too is you have this influence of culture of like where do you music is in, incredible. Oh, yeah. Music makes the world go round. Have yeah. you ever seen that? There's another. Um, funny interview with Sasha Baron Cohen when he's okay. um, Ali G and he interviews Donald Trump. Okay. And he's he's like, tell me the most popular thing in the world. And, he's, and Donald Trump's like, music. He's like, no. And then he stops and he's like, Donald Trump's like, okay, will you tell me ice cream? That's what he says. But like, <laughs> that is funny. But that's yeah. the, I mean, yeah, music is the most popular thing yeah. in the world. Every, every other art form. Yeah, I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say it that way. Every other art form is so heavily influenced by music. You know, every painter that's ever painted has probably been like, yeah, no, there's music that I think about all the time when I paint. Well, Same people that that make music or make movies, obviously have music in the movies. That's yeah. huge. People that write books probably have their their music they listen to in the background. Well, think about think about every other like okay, so every okay, so when I went to the Van Gogh Museum, they're playing. Classical music. Are they? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah they absolutely. Every other, they play Mozart. They play Beethoven. Sure. They're playing. You know. But would would Bach. Van Gogh like that kind of stuff? But uh, that's <laughs> who knows. It, how when they're playing it, I see this and I'm like, this fits sure. wonderfully. But if they played Rage Machine, would that fit? Maybe not. I don't know. Probably no, not. I don't think it would. <laughs> okay. I really don't think it would. But like, and what a cool way to think about that is like an expression of art. You know, to associate fit, the. What is the art of this generation? Nobody freaking paints and does like okay, all of the greatest artists. When you talk about like painters sure. and drawers, that's already happened. Drawers, yeah, like drawers. Yeah. I don't know people who draw. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Sketch I don't artists. Know. I don't is there is there is there a museum for sketch artists? Maybe not, but like the earliest, like okay, maybe the latest. I guess the <laughs> earliest to us, um, closest to us. There you go. Um, I mean, what Dr. Seuss? <laughs> Of like, okay, he, Dr. Seuss might have a museum, but besides that, who who in the twenty first century? Twenty first century. Who in the from two thousand on has where you, where can you go to a museum of somebody that's that had been painting since the two thousands? That started painting two thousands, or yeah, like, okay. that started painting the two thousand. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe let's look it up, and we might be surprised. Yeah, we probably but, would but be. But still, though, plugged into that world as much. If you're going to France and you're going to one of the sure. legend. Art museums, you're or going, you're going to yeah. see the Mona Lisa. Sure. You're going to see the Van Gogh paintings. You're going, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like that's the kind of stuff sure. you're seeing. So interesting. Is the is art dead? 
in that in that sense. I don't know, dude. Well, I don't know. It's interesting. It is weird. So where do these guys fit? Right? <laughs> that's the, that's how we want. I don't know how we got going here. Full circle here. <laughs> these guys are fitting clearly in a spectrum of music, but would you associate them with the seventies or the eighties? Well, I mean, going back to what you said on the third song we played, like there's tons of reggae influence, and that that whole album Sandinistas is. I, I guess we, we I said we were going to mention why it was a triple LP, and and there's a very specific reason. Um, but before I get into that, being a triple LP, the, if you listen to that album, there are so many different types of music on that. There's like rockabilly. There's some classical stuff. There, there's tons of different stuff and um, they did it that way as a big middle finger to the music industry because I guess like the they they asked like hey can we do a double LP like we feel like we have enough enough uh, material for, for the double LP and the record label said no we don't think that's the best move for you guys it doesn't quite fit your your persona you know we want something short, sweet pop song or punk songs are short, fast, done to the point. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I guess the next year they, the same record label released, um, a double LP from Springsteen and they're like, this is bullshit. Like they're going to, we're, we're just good. So they, so they, they, Bruce Springsteen's horseshit. Yeah. And so they, they, so they released a triple LP and took like a huge hit as far as like their share of the ownership. Like they said, no, we want to release three, three, a triple LP and, it was something like they received no royalties for the first like forty thousand sales in the U in the UK, and after that it was like fifty percent of what they would normally would get. So oh, like that, okay. they made like no money. In so that they're album. like they're like they're you like, guys can have like we will watch. We're yeah, gonna make we'll our money our back. We're gonna yeah. make our money back from doing this. Yeah, and I have no idea if they did, but it's just cool they stuck by their guns and said no. Like we have enough material, not just for double LP, a triple LP. Yeah, and we're gonna do we're gonna do almost two hours worth of music. Yeah, more than two hours. Yeah, two hours and 36 minutes? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah, I think so. I thought that was 226, but you said two hours. Yeah, something. two hours and 24 minutes. Okay. Can you imagine two, two hours yeah. and 24 minutes? You can imagine recording that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, I don't know how long it took them. Oh, but my gosh. Weeks. Months. I, I guess weeks for sure. Um, but yeah, so I I think we've already solidified. They ha- they're an iconic band that will last the test of time simply by sheer volume of music. And I would say as the, the purist in me says, because they stuck to their guns. Yeah. They, they I like that. didn't let him push them around. They were sarcastic to the point of, of telling it like it is and didn't the, try to show off. They were the humble. original punk band, dude. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's I mean, like is. that's, I think why I say they're the original punk band is because okay. they sure. came out of a generation or a decade, I guess, of not punk music. Mm-hmm. There was not, there was no punk music, but sure. then they come in they sh- with their the greasers and the leather. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. They have this whole persona behind them, and they stuck to their guns the whole freaking time. And we we travel on for them. I mean, I guess they die off in '88. Sure, okay. But that's dude, '77 to '88. That's a decade of, of it's eleven. That's eleven of years. Great lives. Great. And I mean, hell, we watch freaking Stranger Things, and they play in the Clash. Do they? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 a big of like season one, I think it is. But hmm. seriously, like. Kick ass shit, yeah, and totally. no bullshit. And they beat the horse until it was dead, and then they didn't try to monetize the horse <laughs> later <laughs> after it was dead. You know, like they they yeah. owned they owned what they had, and they gave it their all, and boom, here they are. And then they're like you said, timeless. They will never yeah. go away. Mm-hmm. This is something that is an easy branch. Fans. Totally. There's this is a 
this is a very smooth transition, which is, and it's almost not at the same time, from the 70s rock music of like pure rock music, from 60s to 70s to The Clash. And The Clash just carried this kind of non-bullshit, but at the same time, created this world of bullshit you know like they <laughs> yeah, did like, somewhere, like, that's what you're like saying, yeah 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 i see you're saying like to me they kind of were the the lasting bridge through the 80s or at least most 80s that allowed us to have grunge yeah <laughs> in some ways like if totally they would, if they would have been around then grunge might not have been around or this bigger thing because you had you're coming out of just strictly poison and Bruce oh, Springsteen, dude, and and like early Madonna, Ugh. yeah. So yeah, Spinal um, Tap, was yeah, <laughs> bleeding. Yeah, anyway. I was gonna tell you that my my go to song for a good song. Somebody says, "Hey, play me a good song." Superstition. Just oh hell yeah, that's, dude. that song. You hear those drums coming in, and you hear that clav. Yeah. You want to hear cool, yeah. dude? So Superstition was played. I went on my senior trip. Like this is this is I mean obviously Alex had his influence of of music before that sure and uh, later hearing this from a grown ass adults we went to the rock and roll museum in California for my okay. senior trip as a part of the senior trip we went to the rock and roll um, museum what, museum right okay. um, I saw Jimmy Page's amp he played that that's where it's posted it for Stay Way to Heaven the solo of Stay Way to Heaven I was I mean and me not even knowing what the hell that is still at that age right yeah but. They were showing how cool music blends together. Okay. And that's what they use. They use Superstition's drum beat. Okay. And they started playing other things on okay. top of it. Yeah. And I still remember like the the guy in the back going, dude, could you imagine this guy playing with this guy? And he's yeah. like losing and he's probably drunk as shit, oh, yeah. you know, but like still it was hilarious as a that's kid to be like, This guy's losing his mind over yeah. superstition, bro. That's interesting. That's great. That's a great song. Okay. Last one. Rock the Casbah. Okay. Yeah, killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes right after Should I Stay or Should I Go. It's part of the, the combat rock, the 80s. Okay. I feel like this is the, probably the end of the era of awesome clash. Okay. After this, it's going to be this weird Yeah, every band that goes goes for a decade it has their high, high points, whatever. Yep. That's fine. So let's play it.
What a baseline. What a baseline. I mean, it, it's almost you see the the man going, let's just play the course and just keep playing the course and just keep playing the course. Sure. And these guys going, dude, but it's way more than that. You know, and it is, and but the baseline is solid. It's yeah. Hell. What is a Casbah? Can you look that up for me? Yeah. What What is it? I feel like Casbah's got to be a place. I would guess. Okay, that's that's a valid. It makes sense grammatically. Um, There's a Casbah, San Diego. Okay. The Citadel of North African of a North African city. Okay. So a town <sighs> dominated by its ancient Casbah. Is a citadel of a North African city. Okay, interesting. Uh, the area surrounding a North African citadel, typically the old part of a city, noun the Casbah. Okay. So I would say. Uh, what means sounds... rock the Casbah? Here we go. Okay. Uh, the song is a fabulous account of the ban on Western rock music by the Arab king. Interesting. Oh, okay. That makes sense. They'll rock the Casbah. So he's he, he says, get this. Shit out of yeah, here! Yeah, the Casbah like, plays only rock. Middle Eastern music. Uh huh. Let's rock the Casbah. The lyrics describe the king's efforts to stop his population from listening to this music, <laughs> such as, wow, dude, such as ordering his military's jet fighters to bomb any people in violation <laughs> of the ban. That's what it says, dude. That's of, crazy. Of the ban of the clash? No, no, just like such as of the ban. The military's B A N. Yeah. Okay. In violation to bomb of bomb any people's in violation of the ban. I thought you said of the band. I was like, it sounds like the Clash specifically. Clash. That that would be a claim to fame, dude. You know, like, yeah, we had a king threaten to bomb his people if if uh, they listened to our our music. It turned the, the rock the Casbah turned into an anthem cre- yeah. centered around the persecution of the Iranian people enjoying music. <laughs> that's so funny, dude. That's insane. Yeah, that's really cool. Like, like when you're a band of that world. reach, yeah. What a world that's to be insane. living in, where you have. And like you said, this post this post apocalyptic world, this post post World War Two world, sure. where people are starting to become their own people, and yeah, people are trying to recognize, you know what? Casbah, let's, 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 yeah, um, it, it that's nuts. Gives me, it gives me like a similar feeling when I first heard that Johnny B. Good was on, you know, that gold plated record. Yeah, and they sent it in the, into the, space, uh, like, the Voyager. Voyager yeah, mission. I can, yeah, and like the idea that. I remember when I first heard that, the idea that scientists, the people that were behind this, this mission said, okay, one of the things we want to do with this mission is send out something to space that if aliens ever were to find it, they would have some sort of a record uh-huh. of the, the, the nature of humans. Like basically, they would, we would like them to know something about us, who we are as a people. And one of the things they decided was Johnny B. Good is emblematic of the human experience in some way significant way and I remember, I remember hearing that and I was like oh my gosh like that I was like overcome with just like that would be the greatest honor that anybody could ever give me ever yeah are you kidding you want to talk about and I feel like that's similar to me it's like to, to for a, an entire group of people to say your song is an an anthem of our rebellion that would be so humbling God. yeah I want to I want to look it up there was it was it's it's a funny story because there's fan like the coolest part about that is is, is they're putting Johnny B. Good they're putting and they put um, claps and stuff they put Jimi Hendrix Did stuff they? but then and then they're also putting like this is what a giraffe sounds like yeah they put there's like some some drum music from West Africa yeah yeah, yeah. like everything you could think of but like and that was cool like 
you want to know what a hippopotamus sounds yeah. like? Uh, 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 yeah, elephant doing it. And they put that on the record. And the coolest part, they, make it, they made it gold because gold doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't degrade. It doesn't degrade. But there was... When they were trying to send this off, there was... I forget who it was. There was one of, like a big, big, big musician during the time. Like one of those pop okay. 2000 musicians were like, you got to put my blah, 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 blah on this record. And they're like... No, uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Dude. No, you know, like there's really like funny. Kanye West or somebody, I was, I was gonna say, I like, hope it wasn't somebody Kanye. like that. If it was, I would like, laugh my ass. But off. it was that kind of generation sure. of the Kanye. I don't know if it's Kanye, but like that was Something they're like that put line. my put my stuff on this record because they, they got it, and they're like no, absolutely that's not. Really you funny. do not represent humanity. That's like really like get, shut the hell up. They sent that bitch off. But like that's the coolest. Yeah. Kid me the things. Um, that story's super cool. Maybe we can take some time on that. But like. They saw that coming from the planets aligning to where they could slingshot around yeah. and they were able to go through the solar system in like a quarter of the time that it's because supposed of, to take yeah. because of that. Yeah. And then after that, after it hits Pluto, it's gone forever. Yeah. And, there's no way to control it now. And so, and now, and I think it was like two months ago, they had lost contact with it because it's so far, right. so far away. They can't, they, it, they've lost contact with it. And so now it's like, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. And like everybody, was, a like, there was the a big, there's a big controversy too of people like, don't put our, and they, they put their, our location in the solar system yeah. of, of the Milky Way galaxy. We had like defined yeah. where we are at. Somewhere. So people have a way to read that. Yes. You know? Which I mean, they, I would assume they. Well, it all, it's all subjective. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I guess they, they probably know of a way that's less subjective. That would be more readable in a universal sense, but. But still, us, and everybody was like, dude, don't be putting that out there. What if these. It's like, well, then they, like, they'll no, find us eventually, no. dog. Like, yeah. like, this isn't like we let's make some contact with like, yeah, have some hope. <laughs> if we're going to put a if we're going to put a bottle in the ocean, let's at least put a message in it. Yeah, that's exactly. That's, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, cool yeah. as hell. Yeah. What a cool. But like, yeah, is the clash on that? Probably not. Nope. But they're here in our hearts. Yeah, they're here. That, that, that was a good, little, in the that was good podcast. Yeah. yeah. Was, Had fun. So who's next? Okay, we're going to we're going to. Hit a modern punk band. I like I like the brand. I like that. Okay, yeah, the I connection. Like yeah. Rise Against. Oh, I can dig that. I yeah, can, I can dig. I can dig the Rise Against. Find out. I mean, yeah, we are gonna find out. But Rise no, Against. No, I, I know. Cool. I know what I found out already. They were on my my real. Uh, no, I I, I, I like them too. Yeah, okay, and and this is we'll talk about it yeah. next week. I guess. Get we'll talk about it next week. Okay, rock on, guys. Uh, thanks for showing up, and we'll see you next time.